Good afternoon, and welcome to 3 Tune Tuesday for Tuesday, August the 22nd. I apologize for the three minutes of dead air there. Had some technical difficulties that are now resolved. I am your host, Bonaparte, and you are listening to Blind Skeleton Online Radio. If you are here, you have found your way to my quaint digital cottage in the digital countryside. Please come in, make yourself comfortable. There are more than enough well-cushioned, oversized Victorian chairs for all. Three Tune Tuesday is my opportunity to share with you some vintage songs from years gone by, before the advent of electric music recording, when records were still played on wind-up phonographs, and the recorded sound was still a magical thing to behold. It was a slower time, and when I invite you to visit with me for the next half an hour. So please sit back, close your eyes, and let yourself be transported back in time with me to the year 1907. 1907 was a dynamic and fascinating time in history. It was an era that was characterized by the intersection of traditional values and the rise of modernity. There were technological advancements that were taking place, such as the automobile, the telephone was beginning to reshape daily life even. Yet many aspects of society still remained rooted in long-standing customs and traditions. The music of 1907 reflected this cultural blend. Ragtime music was wildly popular. It captivated the youthful, optimistic spirit of the era. Composers like Scott Joplin were taking center stage with their lively rhythms, and the year saw the emergence of the first recorded blues music, signaling the beginning of an influential genre that would evolve into jazz about a decade later. Meanwhile, classical music and opera continued to be well-received among higher social circles. On the world stage, 1907 marked the height of the Edwardian era in Britain and the Belle Epoque in France, both of which were marked by elegance and a taste for fine arts. Overall, the culture of 1907 offers a captivating snapshot of a time when the old and the new were intertwining to create something entirely unique, laying the foundation for the cultural shifts that would define the 20th century. That said, we're going to start something with something a little bit different today. We're going to start with a song by Pryor's Orchestra named Arrival of the Robins. It's a very delightful piece with a cheerful melody and really ought to be played appropriately in the spring. And the song itself offers a glimpse into the musical tastes and sensibilities of the early 20th century and would, for the most part, suggest a time of renewal in the spring. Arthur Pryor, the leader of Pryor's orchestra, was a notable trombonist, composer, and conductor who contributed significantly to the popular music of this era. 
His orchestra was renowned for being very technically gifted and expressive in performances, and the arrival of the Robins stands as a testament to the group's ability to craft engaging and resonant pieces. The choice of using Victor Records as the publisher was significant. Victor Records was the leading, if not the farthest away leading, recording company of the time, known for its dedication to quality and innovation. Having a song released by Victor was a mark of prestige and often guaranteed a wider audience. Interestingly, this particular record, with only one song on each side, as 78 RPM records could only hold one song on each side of a record, cost 75 cents in 1907. Translated, that equates to roughly $20 today for two songs, one one song on each side of the record. It stands as a testament to the strength of the growing music industry of the time.
And that was Pryor's Band and Pryor's Orchestra. If you're wondering how they did those bird calls, there was a fellow by the name of Kellogg, who at the time was very well known for his ability to impersonate birds. And he's actually featured on a number of records, a number of songs at the time, doing his bird calls. And that is how they would have done that back then at the time. Thank you so much for tuning in to 3 Tune Tuesday here at Blind Skeleton Online Radio. It's always a pleasure to bring you these vintage sounds and tunes. They're something that mean a lot to me, and I hope that they mean a lot to you. Please do remember that 3 Tune Tuesday is your weekly appointment with history every Tuesday at noon. Tomorrow night, Wednesday night, we have Electric Dreams at 8.30 p.m. Electric Dreams is the counterpart to 3 Tune Tuesday, where we play early electrically recorded music from the years roughly 1927 to 1937, give or take a year on either side. Electric Dreams plays every second and fourth Wednesday of the month, and tomorrow night we will be taking you on a musical journey to 1928 with some jazz songs. That's tomorrow night at 8.30 p.m. We are, of course, also constantly adding new pieces of information to our blog posts on our webpage. We also have active social media, so please do go check us out and share the good blind skeleton word. Our next song is named Rigoletta La Donna e Mobile roughly translated as Woman is Fickle. This is one of the more famous arias from Verdi's opera Rigoletto, first performed in 1851. This specific recording was released on the Victor Records Red Label in 1907 and sung by Florencio Constantino in Italian. Now, I did call that the Victor Records Red Label, which is really a misnomer. It's really the Red Seal, which they were more familiar with, particularly in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. Rigoletto is a tragic opera in three acts, based on a play by Victor Hugo. The story is centered around the character Rigoletto, a hunchbacked court jester, and his daughter Gilda. The plot explores themes of love, betrayal, and vengeance. This particular song is sung by the character the Duke of Mantua, Mantua, one of the main characters, and translates to Woman is Fickle. It's a lively and very cynical song, expressing the Duke's dismissive view of women. Verity was one of the most influential composers of the 19th century. He was born in Italy in 1813, composed many operas that still remain staples of the operatic repertoire today. Verdi's works are known for their emotional intensity, tuneful melodies, and strong dramatic instincts. Verdi was inspired to write Rigoletto after seeing Victor Hugo's play Le Roi Samus. He was drawn to the complex characters and tragic storyline, which allowed him to explore deep psychological themes. The opera's exploration of paternal love, moral ambiguity, and the tragic consequences of vengeance resonated with audiences and critics alike. 
The opera is one of the most recognizable of all operas of most time. This particular aria has a catchy melody and rhythm and have made it a favorite among tenors and audiences alike. It does represent the Duke's cavalier attitude and serves as a crucial element in the plot, as Gilda recognizes this tune as evidence of the Duke's unfaithfulness. Florencio Constantino, who sings both this song and the next one that we're going to listen to, was a renowned tenor from Spain who made significant contributions to opera during the early 20th century. He was born in 1868 and performed in many of the world's leading opera houses. This particular recording reflects his very robust vocal quality and his ability to convey the character's whimsical yet arrogant personality. Even if you do not speak Italian, you will certainly hear this come across in his interpretation. So even if you're not familiar with that particular opera, chances are really good that you're familiar with that song. It's become quite famous over the years. Now I'd like to take a moment to share a word about our sister brand over at Skeleton Brew. Skeleton Brew is our 
as always, Halloween-inspired coffee roastery. If you are ready to add some spooky flavors to your coffee cup, we have exactly what you need over at Skeleton Brew. We've recently unveiled three new Halloween roasts that are sure to bewitch your taste buds. We've got the three, those three particular roasts, as well as our seven standard roasts over at SkeletonBrew.coffee, where you will also discover some coffee-inspired recipes that we do add on a weekly basis to elevate your brewing and coffee enjoyment experience. And of course, we do have a treat for everyone listening today. If you request a song on the Blind Skeleton website, you will be rewarded with a 10% off coupon for your next coffee purchase at Skeleton Brew. It's our way of saying thank you to you for not just listening, but participating and engaging with us. We do love to to engage and chat and share emails and anecdotes with all of our listeners. If sending in a request is not your thing, by all means, feel free to reach out to us in any other way. You can reach me at bonaparte at blindskeleton.one if email is your thing. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and even Mastodon. Please go check out the website blindskeleton.one. We can be found everywhere that you want to be. Please do share the good Blind Skeleton word. We do very much appreciate it. Our last song is named... I'm having a hard time with some of these names. You're going to have to forgive me. Lafricane. It's a grand opera in five acts composed by Giacomo Meyerbeer with a French libretto by Eugene Scribe. The opera's storyline is set against the backdrop of the Portuguese discovery of the Indian Sea Route and revolves around love, exploration, and intrigue. O Paradiso is one of the highlight arias from the opera, sung by the character Gama, as he describes the beautiful new land that he's discovered. Giacomo Meyerbeer was a German opera composer who became one of the most significant and influential composers of the 19th century. Known for his flair for dramatic scenes and rich orchestrations, Meyerbeer's operas were considered monumental and were performed widely during his lifetime. He was inspired to write this opera to showcase his unique blend of grand spectacle and emotional intimacy. He was fascinated by historical themes and exotic settings, and the story of Vasco da Gama provided the perfect canvas for his operatic ambitions. Tragically, Meyerbeer died before the opera's premiere, so he never did see its eventual success. Operadiso stands out as a stirring and passionate expression of discover and wonder. Its soaring melody and powerful orchestration have made it a favorite among tenors. The aria serves a critical role in the opera, reflecting Vasco da Gama's triumph and his awe at the new world he has uncovered. Just as the last song, this one is sung by Florencio Constantino. Now, his interpretation of the aria reflects the thrill and passion of discovery that the character in the opera needs to share with the audience. This particular record is also on the Victor Records Red Seal label, 
This one is on a 12-inch record as opposed to a 10-inch that most of the others are on. Now, back in the 1900s, 10s, and 20s, a 10-inch 78 RPM record could hold approximately 3.5 minutes, minutes of music and sound on one side. They were able to make this a little bit longer for longer songs by increasing the size of the platter from 10 to 12 inches, which can hold about 4.5 minutes.
All right, and that is our show for the day. Thank you so much for joining in and spending your lunch hour with me. It was a very remarkable journey through time that we've had today. Heartfelt thank you to all of our listeners for joining in. Your company is really what makes these vintage musical explorations so special to me. Don't forget to tune in tomorrow night for Electric Dreams and next week again this time next Tuesday for another edition of 3 Tune Tuesday. As it is right now, I do see sneaking in through the back door in this quaint digital cottage. The story lady is sneaking in as she is wont to do, and I'm sure she's got a fantastic story to share with us. Have a great afternoon, have a great week, and I hope to see you all again soon. Time now for another visit with a story lady. Hello, boys and girls. Today we're going to hear the story I call The Lonely Elf. Once upon a time, very long ago, there was a little elf... Story lady. And this elf... What? You're not wearing your glasses. No, I've got contact lenses. But the little elf lived all alone and... Story lady, you're beautiful. Uh, Thank you. Anyway, the little elf was very lonely, and more than anything else, he Stop that. I can't help it. I love you, story lady. Stop that. Get away from me. I love you. I love you. I love you. Stop hitting me with your storybook. You keep your grabby hands to yourself, you animal. But I love you. I love you. I love... All right, I warned you. Thank you, story lady. Be listening next time, boys and girls, when the story lady tells us what to do about a nasty shoulder wound.